You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm speaking with Cage Baker. Her latest novel for Torah Books is The Empress of Mars. Her latest novel for Tachyon Publications is The Hotel Under the Sand. Thank you for joining me, Cage. It is a pleasure to be here. Uh, Cage, uh, you know, you've spent uh, how many years building the world of the company? I started the company about in the early 80s. And uh, it was some years before I could find a publisher, but I did. It, you've lived in that world for so long now. Um, could you talk about uh, having finished essentially the big plot arc of the series? That's a huge accomplishment. How, could you just talk about how that felt? To, I mean, there are so many series that we see that don't get finished. To see you finish this one was so was really rewarding for your readers. Well, when I finally finished it, it was like, glory, hallelujah. I can put this thing down at last. Um, you know, it was it had a troubled uh, history in that my first publisher, Harcourt Brace, bailed midway through the series. And there were a couple of years where, you know, we were trying to find someone who would pick it up. And it's very hard to do that mm. in the science fiction community if, if you... The problem, I think, with Harcourt was that they didn't really um, know how they felt about science fiction. It's like now and again they'd get a CEO who said, yes, yes, you know, let's support it, and then they'd change and get it heads and get another CEO and decide, no, that stuff is for geeks. And um, it kind of went through one of those metamorphoses while I was, you know, doing the uh, company series. It was a, a real drag to get angry letters from people saying, you're just holding out for more money, aren't you? You know, why don't you release the next book? <laughs> you know, why didn't you put out Graveyard Game in paperback? God damn it. You know, and it's like... I have no control over these things. You know, it, it hurts me as much as it hurts you. In fact, it hurts me a lot more. But, um, you know, Mendoza is not the most likable heroine in the world. And I'm sure if I ever met her in a, you know, dark alley, she'd try and kill me. So it was kind of nice to say, there you go, honey. There, have a happy ending. Now, <laughs> now I can think about something else. Uh, having built that world, you haven't left it behind, have you? No, not entirely, because when you live with a certain group of characters for close to 20 years, um, you sort of don't want to see the end of them. And so I'm occasionally writing other stories. Um, the end of the series is the end of the series. There's never going to be any story where I pick it up again and guess what? There's been another revolution and you know, Dr. Zeus is back to make people's lives miserable. You know, because the story ran its course and now it's done. But given that the whole story arc covers all of time and history, you know, in every country <laughs> in the world, I can go back and slip in little little stories set in ancient Rome. Um, Joseph is an extremely old operative in the series, and he's been everywhere and done everything, so I can write plenty of other stories about him. And... Um, Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> Lewis is not so old. Lewis is kind of a baby as far as... People in the company are concerned, but more stories about Lewis, too. And uh, the, uh, the side plot with Alec Checkerfield and his pirate AI, mm -hmm. 
Um, that's occasionally very rewarding to write about adolescence and you know discovering the facts of life with a pirate uh, as a mentor. So there will be other company stories, but you know the main story arc is finished. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, talk about your new book for Subterranean Press. Um, let's see. That would be not less than God's. Oh yes. I oh yeah. Okay. Um, talking about creative ways to write company stories that aren't strictly company stories. Um, I've just turned in a steampunk novel. It's called Not Less Than God's. It's a quote from a Kipling poem. And it is about the predecessor of the company, the uh, Gentleman's Speculative Society. And if you've read the company series, it's, Lewis finds out a lot about it in the graveyard game. And it was a Victorian-era society that sort of created stuff that led up to the invention of the company. And um, one of my three heroes, Edward Alton Bell Fairfax, was a Victorian secret agent um, and assassin, pretty much, um, worked for them. And I had intimated it before, talked about it in the other books. And this actually is the novel describing when he was first, basically how the hero began his journey, um, you know, his origins, how he was created, how he was, um, how he spent the early part of his life, and then how he's recruited uh, into the Gentleman's Speculative Society and sent on his first mission. And uh, I had to find out an awful lot about the Crimean War. You know, I was reading books, you know, four inches thick on uh, I, the things I could tell you about the Crimea that you don't want to know, um, but also having to uh, find uh, 1850s-era descriptions of Constantinople and St. Petersburg. It's one of those globe-spanning James Bondian things that changes locales. And it was a lot of fun to write. And uh, it's coming out from Subterranean Press as a limited edition, which means it's going to be quite costly, but you're going to get a beautiful edition with a lot of illustrations by J.K. Potter. All hail J.K. Potter. I All love his stuff. And he's done, oh, if I could show you what, what I've seen. He's oh, done some wonderful, wait. it has black and white interior illustrations. And they're all rather dark and menacing as his illustrations are, but they're also really cool. Um, he has Victorian flying machines and, and terrifying looking Victorian cyborgs and top hats. And it's, it's totally cool, <laughs> totally cool. And then um, when the limited edition sells through, it will be coming out from Tor uh, somewhat later in a regular hardcover edition. And um, I've seen the cover illustration by Paul Yule, and that's actually kind of nice too, better than, than I think most of his company covers were. And it shows a, a, it's got a blue background with the domes of Aja Sophia and a crescent moon in the sky and this big um, steam launch moving through the water with guys in top hats and capes, and it's so terribly steampunk. So uh, it's fun. Now, now you called this this uh, novel steampunk, but it, I, I'd contend that In the Garden of Eden is also steampunk. And uh, you, you know, are, we're right back there at the inception point of that genre in many ways. It is, it is a lot. It's just there's a convention. You know, most people think of steampunk, they think people in Victorian clothes mm -hmm. with brass goggles. <laughs> and, you know, a sort of Victorian styling because the Victorians had, they really had it over there, everybody else in style. Yeah, that's, well, that's certainly true. Now, um, you have another novel also set in the company universe. 
Mars, the Empress of Mars. Yeah, the Empress uh, of Mars is. And, and this is a very different take from uh, your steampunk novel. Talk about the, that exploration of the company world. Well, some years back, um, I wrote uh, a book called uh, The Life of the World to Come, which I'd been planning for quite a while. And um, my hero, or sort of anti-hero, Alex, uh, Alec, one of the things that he inadvertently does is he runs guns to Mars and delivers a bomb, which of course is used by terrorists to blow up a city on Mars. And it seemed to me that that fell a little flat. That didn't really, you know, a whole freaking city is destroyed and it destroys his life because he's horribly guilty. You know, 3,000 people die. And this was written, you know, years ago, long before 9-11. And I thought, morally, this should have more impact. And so it occurred to me one day it would be good to write a story about Mars, you know, about the place that he destroys before he destroys it, you know, so that you know it, so that you know the people, you know, so that when it happens, you know, you have that sense of horror that, you know, this is something you've watched evolving and building, and then, you know, in a minute, for a stupid reason, it's wiped out. And it seemed to me it was morally necessary to write that. And then um, one day I had a... a a brainwave at breakfast. My sister was, uh, she ran a, a, an inn for actors, you know, providing affordable beer <laughs> for uh, out-of-work actors and was having some, some problems with certain corporate entities that shall remain nameless. And, you know, I was just seething with wrath on her behalf. And I thought, you know, I could, I could write about this, but I'll, I'll do something like set it on Mars. And suddenly the whole idea popped in of Mars as frontier and so I wrote a story about this. It was a novella originally about a woman running a tavern on Mars and dealing with one crisis after another after another until something happens to change her luck. And it was a novella. It was um, up for a Yugo. Lost out to Connie Willis. Big surprise. And um, it sort of faded into the background. But I'd always thought, you know, I wrote it awfully fast and there's a lot that's unexplained. And I've learned a lot more about Mars, and one of these days I'd like to do something, you know, expand it a bit and give more backstory. For example, the innkeeper's daughters. She has three daughters, and they're, they're just sketched in. You know, there's no backstory. And it, it struck me that, you know, this sort of, it's almost like the Western frontier that's developing here on Mars where this corporate enterprise has, has failed, and it's up to the people who were stranded there to make a go of, of civilization. And... Uh, then David Hartwell said, you know, you should, you should turn that into a novel. And I said, no, no, because, you know, the first word out of any reviewer's lips when you take a novella and you turn it into a novel is, oh, it's bloated. It was much better in the original narrow version. And sure enough, one of the first reviews said that. I think it was in Locus. But um, actually, yeah, it's not. Um, there are about 10 new characters. There Let's see, the original novella was 22,000 words, and this is now 86,000 words. So approximately, well, there's a lot of it, you know, that's new. Um, this new situation is, this is, you know, I had a great time sort of playing sociologist and following the way that society would develop on Mars. So there's a lot of other characters and a lot of, of how this would affect more people across the social spectrum. And... Um, I thought, well, good, I can do that, you know, and then I got busy with another project, and 
I thought I had until June to turn it in, and Lynn said, where's the Mars novel? I said, <laughs> oops. Well, I'm, I'm putting it together. And then, well, you know, it's due January 1st. You know, and then my hair went, you know, straight up on end. <clears throat> and I had to call David and say, I'm sorry. You know, I'll get it to you. Give me three months. And, um, and I wrote in a blind fury, and not fury, but desperation, and, and I got it done. Um, and I also was able to, there was a suggestion of a company involvement in it uh, previously. There had been one character that I'd put in that if you'd read some of the other stories, you would recognize him, uh, a character named Elifal, and you'd realize if you paid attention to what he was saying that he was a company operative that was sent up there to secure the company's rights well ahead of time. And um, I thought it would be fun to show a little more company involvement. So there's a character added to this, which is one of the, the bad cyborgs, who was sort of sent up there as his opposite number to help bring about the downfall of the uh, British Aryan Company. So there's a whole new subplot there. And uh, it also had um, a limited edition release from Subterranean with a cover by J.K. Potter that was quite cool. And then Tor brought it out in, uh, in hardcover. I've been speaking with Cage Baker. Her newest book from Tor is The Empress of Mars. Her new book from Tachyon Books is The Hotel Under the Sand. Thank you, Cage. You're welcome. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.